I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Should Bills Mafia start booking their hotels for Arizona in mid-February? Is Aaron Rodgers the one to blame for what's happening to the Denver Broncos? And the slow erosion of tradition continues in college football. All that happening now on Fox Sports Radio. 
DNA is back, baby. Welcome in. It is Fox Sports Radio as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. If I was the Titans, I would delete my Twitter account, Aaron, after what happened last night in Buffalo as the Bills absolutely dominated on Monday Night Football. In fact, their domination was so bad, I think it overshadowed what the Eagles did to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. But the Buffalo Bills, with a magnificent uh, showing on Monday Night Football, even without Gabriel Davis, the Bills get a 41-7 win over the Titans, and we start today in Buffalo. Well, it's funny you mention you know, that it overshadowed the Eagles' dominant win over Minnesota because, uh, it, to me, it was funny, right? We, we, we are all, you and I are off air at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and, and oh my goodness, we have a second Monday night. How are we going to handle, how are we going to juggle the two TVs, Dad Buyer? Uh, and then the game started, and then they both became, it became very clear very <laughs> early uh, how they were both going to play out. But no, so much credit to, to Buffalo. I mean, uh, to, to in two weeks to go to the defense, defending Super Bowl champs, and then, of course, to host last year's best team in the AFC and absolutely dominate uh, in both of those games. That's impressive. You've heard the quotes from Sean McVay. You've heard the quotes from Mike Vrabel. Uh, everybody's impressed with this Buffalo team so far. And I'm going to steal these numbers from Pro Football Talk. Florio and his crew had these numbers up in a piece today. Last night's 41-7 win. Right now, the most lopsided results of this young NFL season the win over the Rams on Thursday night was actually the fourth largest so far in the season. So of the four most dominating performances we've seen in the first 32 games of the NFL season, the Buffalo Bills have two of those four. Their point total differential of 55, by far the best in the NFL, and no other team has outscored its opponent by even half as many points. So that that from Pro Football Talk today is just talking about how dominant the Bills were. We talked about how they weren't 100%. I, I, I don't know what the Titans are or what the Titans will be. But, yeah, you, you beat the top seed in the AFC last year, and you beat the defending Super Bowl champions uh, at their place to open the season. An amazingly strong start from a team where sometimes you wonder if is the last season going to be a hangover, are they going to hit the ground running. Uh, they've hit the ground sprinting, if you, if you want to use a cache, uh, cliche with Buffalo, because they are cashing in on offense. Von Miller looks great. It is really surprising on how well things have gone so far for Buffalo. Well, yeah, and it goes back to a conversation conversation you and I had uh, I think we were on the Doug Gottlieb show about three four weeks ago and I really like Buffalo I mean they were my pick to win the Super Bowl boring uh, myself like a lot of people but you know I, I did kind of raise the question of are we you know, kind of crowning them a little bit too soon, right? Because coming into the year, I mean, yes, they played that historic all-time great game in the divisional round last year, but as great as it was, the the Kansas City Chiefs lost the following week. The year before, they obviously had made the AFC Championship game where it wasn't competitive against KC back in, I guess it would have been, you know, January of 2021. And so I remember asking you at that point, I said, "Are, are we giving them a little too much credit too soon? Like, it's clear that the foundation is there. It's clear that by the end of the year they were playing great football obviously destroying the Patriots on wild card weekend and then of course taking care uh, you know the the near you know last second whatever you want to call it against KC 
Well, I think we now know the answer that, no, they were not being overhyped. And I think what's cool is to see a team that did have so much hype that that really hadn't necessarily accomplished everything they wanted to on the field. As you said, Dan, there can be times where there's a hangover. There can be times where you're Cincinnati and you come in and things aren't quite right or you're fill in the blank, whoever. I'm just using Cincinnati as a hypothetical. This is a team that has heard the hype all offseason and said, no, 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 no. Uh, We're going to show you ourselves. And that's exactly what they've done through two weeks. Do you think it's sustainable? Because I, I, this is this is the part that I juggle with, and I, I I'm going to tell you how I feel. I hope it doesn't taint your thoughts, but no. I do wonder on when it gets uh, to November and to December in Buffalo, uh, is this something that could could catch them? They're, they're going to win the division. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that in my mind. I don't care what Miami's doing. We'll find out this week how how close those teams really are. But I I just I I wonder I wonder if it continues. Not that Josh Allen will be completely ineffective. Because, as you said, we just saw him go up and down the field in Kansas City in the playoff game last season. But there really is no running game outside of actually Josh Allen. It's the one thing that I kind of just wonder to myself, do you think that this sort of football and how good the Bills are playing is sustainable through an 18-week season? Well, I think there's ebbs and flows. Um, And, you know, I just mentioned Cincinnati is that it's clear that, you know, whatever, you know, kind of magic juju, whatever you want to call it, they had in the playoffs last year, it hasn't clicked early in this season. And I just bring it up to say, um, you know, you give teams time to to, to game plan and, and see film and see what works and see what doesn't. I think eventually everybody catches up with everybody. And it is worth noting, by the way, um, this is a team that did get off to a very hot start last year, four and one to open the season. You look up midway through the year, they're seven and six. So I'm not great in math, but that's a, a three and five over an eight game stretch right smack dab in the middle of the season so to answer your question I'm not really worried about a massive fall off just because I think to be blunt they haven't really accomplished anything yet right I mean yes they they won the division and yes they made an AFC championship game as I just said but I don't think there's going to be that massive fall because I don't think they're going to get ahead of themselves I mean this isn't you know I think back to what three four years ago the Kansas City Chiefs win that first Super Bowl and the next offseason Tyreek Hill saying we're going to win five six in a row whatever I, I forget what the the quote was but it was something crazy and you could see right then and there this team probably is getting a little bit ahead of themselves and obviously they've had success but they haven't obviously won a Lombardi trophy since then I think with this Bills team I do think there's something to prove some they they haven't accomplished the ultimate goal they haven't even gotten to the Super Bowl so yeah are there going to be ebbs and flows throughout a 17 game regular season of course there are going to be but I don't I don't think there's a five six game stretch where the league just figures them out uh, and they lose, say, four out of five or four out of six or something like here, that. Here are two things about the Buffalo Bills that I think that what we really need, what we really need to know. One is about Josh Allen. And I put Josh Allen in this group of of, of athletes that I don't think we give enough credit uh, credit to for what they went through. And the these athletes in this group, Aaron, are Bryce Harper. They are LeBron James. Uh, maybe in a way Giannis a little bit, but you want to talk about guys who were hyped, guys who were hyped that we thought were all right. Are they you know are they projects? And Harper and LeBron because they were younger, they're on the cover of Sports Illustrated when they're in high school. Maybe a little different thing, but by all you know for for Bryce Harper when he's healthy, he's lived up to to the hype that that he has. When you look at LeBron James considering the hype that was given to him when he was in high school to achieve what he's done and now, you know, we're arguing if he's the best player ever, has absolutely lived up to it. 
there were a lot of Josh Allen lovers and a lot of Josh Allen haters when he was sure. coming out of Wyoming. And for him to put this all together and become the quarterback that he is, I don't think that's something that we should take for granted or just push to the side. I mean, look at all the quarterbacks in that draft class that we that we love to talk about and that we love to tear down. And here is a guy that put everything together. And now you look at him like you're taking him – over Patrick Mahomes right now if you're starting a franchise. I really feel that way. When you see the throw that he made mm-hmm. <laughs> to the fullback, uh, you know, going down the sidelines of the second quarter, just this absolute rope across the field from 35 yards. Like, n- not everybody can do that. And for him to put this all together with his size, and I-, I-, I think that we sometimes undersell that sort of stuff, and I don't think that we should for how good Josh Allen is uh, playing the quarterback position right now. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I was even thinking about this last night while I was watching the game is all of those, you know, conversations that people had around the draft. And listen, I'm as guilty of anybody of overreacting in real time. This was my opinion. If I have a week or two worth of data to prove my opinion, I'm going to tell you, oh, my goodness, I told you this Josh Allen guy was overrated or this whoever was underrated. But obviously, look, you know, he comes in the same year as Lamar Jackson, and it's not a criticism of Lamar Jackson. But, um, you know, it, it was the whole how do you pass on the Heisman Trophy winner for this guy? And, you know, this guy completed this percentage. Uh, at a at a Mountain West school and blah 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 and so it, you really do kind of forget what the conversations were not that long ago on Josh Allen right mm-hmm. I mean you know um, it, what probably three seasons ago it was big arm we get it interesting prospect but is he going to put it all together to now you look at the arm strength you look at the athleticism um, you know I'm, I'm, I don't want to compare him to anybody else but I mean he is in the short list of guys that if you're building an organization around he you know right up there with Patrick Mahomes maybe one or two other guys as the guy that you would take so I just find it so interesting how quick you know narratives can flip because I just remember it not being that long ago that he's being compared to players in his draft class and how can he select him here and all that stuff to now it is near universal this guy is awesome um, we've seen him go head to head with Patrick Mahomes do every, he's awesome and I don't think anybody's doubting it I, w- I, I wonder if he's going to be the perfect quarterback he looks at sometimes I'll seriously like, like it, there's going to be a day where Josh Allen cannot run as fast and his body may not want to take some of those hits but his arm the way that it is is one that then you can rely on that it's one of the things that, you know Cam Newton had a great arm but Cam just wasn't accurate I mean he would throw he would throw some ropes and when they were on target you know hitting Greg Olson over the middle it looked really pretty but there are times when Cam would also chuck one 15 yards past someone. And Allen doesn't seem to miss like that. So when the running days go away, he's still going to be able to not only survive, but thrive in the National Football League, probably being a completely different quarterback 10 years from now in what he's doing. And that's the that's the other part about Josh Allen that's so amazing. And, and here's my second point about the Bills. So I'm lying. I have three points. You look at what they've got ahead of them, Aaron. Now they're the talk of the town. There are certain NFL teams that start the season that are talks of the town. This is what their next five games present. And this is what I really like. Because if the Bills run the table on this, they're going to be the talk of the NFL. And I actually think that's great. Like, I think it's great to have one team make a push. But they've got the Dolphins and the Ravens on the road in back-to-back weeks. Then it's home against Pittsburgh at Kansas City in mid-October. And then you've got Green Bay after your bye week on Sunday night football. So you think about that stretch. You go 5-0 and during that stretch, 
and now you're seven and zero beating the teams that that you just beat. Oh yeah, like they become the story in the National Football League. That we talk about a lot of teams and a lot of players, but you have that undefeated mark. Like Arizona was undefeated, but they weren't generating that buzz. Last year, they were the last team to, to get a loss. If that's Buffalo, that buzz is going to go crazy, and I think that's really good for the National Football League. Well, and it just shows you how far they've come in such a short amount of time where whether they do finish that run undefeated or not, um, you know, this weekend, I think one of the marquee games with Miami, whether we thought it would be or not, both teams 2-0, and both teams looking really good. Offense is really fun. Week after, as you said, Lamar versus Josh Allen, you know, two young dynamic quarterbacks. One's won an MVP, one we expect to uh, do so in the very near future. And then, oh, by the way, you're talking about a team that uh, you're playing against a team, I should say, return to Arrowhead, Sunday afternoon, uh, three, yeah. you know, the, the 4.30 Eastern game, and then you get a buy, and as you said, you're playing Green Bay. So it just speaks to how far they've come in such a short amount of time that, you know, we're already looking ahead three, four weeks of saying, imagine Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers, imagine Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Again, it speaks to who they are, who Josh Allen has become, and how all of a sudden, by the way, you know how they always say this is what makes the NFL great is that it doesn't have to be a marquee city, it doesn't have to be a this, this is the perfect example. Buffalo Bills draft a quarterback out of Wyoming. Um, you know, this is something like, you know how they always say, like, in the NBA, like, if the if the NBA offices had their choice, it would be, like, Lakers versus yeah. Knicks in the finals yep. every year. And the NFL doesn't matter because the stars emerge, the stars, different cities, different. It's just fascinating to me that Buffalo and Josh Allen could be the epicenter of football right now, and that's exactly how it is. It's a destination. You know, 30 years ago, Reggie White in free agency sure. went to Green Bay, and all of a sudden people were like, why are you going to go to Green Bay? Von Miller's like, I want to go to Buffalo. You know, players are now like, I want to go to Buffalo. Uh, that's probably going to continue for a while. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer, a DNA edition, if you will, here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Today's show is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Coming up next is the real problem with the Denver Broncos in the state of Wisconsin. We'll talk about it next here on Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, a DNA episode. I'm Dan Byer. He is Aaron Torres. I'm with you until 7 o'clock Eastern time. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Foxes. We are coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Broncos are one and one, but still Nathaniel Hackett's and Really, Russell Wilson, for the, for that matter, Aaron, not escaping any of the criticism that seemed to start after their week one loss to the Seahawks on Monday Night Football carried over into a lackluster victory where they had to put 10 points on the board in the fourth quarter to hold off the Houston Texans 16 to 9. Russell Wilson, a QB rating of 66.4 in that game, went 14 of 31, 219 yards. And now we're sitting here saying, man, what is going on with the Denver Broncos? But I, I, I just I just wonder, we knew that the AFC West was going to be loaded and maybe you had to pick somebody in, in last place. But right now, I think the Denver Broncos, even with the Raiders at 0-2, like the Denver Broncos are holding up their hand being like, all right, we'll be the team in last. It has not gotten off to the start that they wanted to in the Mile High City. Well, we just talked about the Buffalo Bills. Um, they scored 24 points in the third quarter last night. Okay, uh, Denver Broncos 16 points in Seattle, 16 points in, in in Houston. So in almost two games, they they barely totaled what the Denver what the um, what the Buffalo Bills did the other day. What I would just say is a couple things. One, you know, Russell Wilson does not look like the Russell Wilson that we thought. But I would also say. 
we have to we're getting a little too liberal with the term offensive genius Dan Byer okay like 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 you know Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to be the guy that unleashed all this out of Russell Wilson and it's just you know I was even thinking about this dating back to the week one game in Seattle is if we label everyone a genius then by definition there are no geniuses and so I was just watching the game like they can't all be geniuses and oh by the way uh we know about Sean McVay we know about Kyle Shanahan um you know, in week one, not so much. Week two, Kevin O'Connell looked really good in Minnesota. Matt LaFleur has obviously looked good over the last couple of years. They can't all be home run 10 out of 10 hires, uh, and it's early, but I don't think Danny, uh, Daniel uh, Nathaniel Hackett is has lived up to uh, to the billing so far. You think he's genius by circumstance? I, yeah. I mean, well, let me ask you, what what was the circumstance that he just happened to walk out of into Denver? <laughs> it was, he was coaching Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers offense. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I could be mistaken, but Mike McCarthy, I think, won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Matt LaFleur is winning like 84. Pr- I don't know what the number is, but it's some absurd number of regular season games, especially with Aaron Rodgers. And yes, I do wonder if maybe having the, well, I don't know about the most, but one of the two or three most physically gifted, you know, naturally gifted, whatever you want to use, quarterbacks, uh, when you're coaching him, I don't know how much coaching he actually needs, but yes, I do wonder if that led to some of Nathaniel Hackett's uh, candidacy and and why we thought so highly of him coming into uh, this season. I think it's very fair. I also thought that after week one, a lot of times when you use that genius label, we talk about their scheme and how they develop players and what they can do to dissect the defense. We don't take in what happens in game situations, and I thought that that's where he was really exposed, and it was so exposed that everybody was talking about it days after it even happened with the whole field goal kick. Like, when you hire a guy, you're not saying to yourself, how are you going to deal with a game, ball midfield, you know, three timeouts, this is where you need to – how are you going to deal with that? You're wondering what you're going to do, how you're going to make this player better, that player better, how how you're going to implement your scheme, how it's going to work in the division, like all that stuff. But you don't sit there and be like, all right, game situations. And I think that coaches at times get exposed for that. But I'm not. I'm not ready to 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 bail on Nathaniel Hackett. And the reason I'm not ready to bail is because I just don't think it's realistic for what we are asking Denver to do. And this may sound like we're playing on both sides of the fence, or I'm sitting on both sides of the fence here. Russell Wilson probably deserves some leeway. He's just not going to get it. It is not going to happen when you make $49 million a year and your team has traded two first-round picks and two second-round picks. But you probably deserve some leeway to figure out how it's going to work with a new team, new targets, and a new head coach. Yeah. And I just point to the Buccaneers when they started out their season, when they ended up winning it in Tom Brady's first season there. It wasn't great at the start. And in fact, he had to figure out a way to get Tom Brady, then a six-time Super Bowl champion, Bruce Arians, a veteran coach in the National Football League for how many years, and a great list of wide receivers and, and, and pass catchers that included Pro Bowl and All-Pro players and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. All of that was set up in Tampa, and they still couldn't get it straight till about week 13. You look at what's happening in Denver. You have Russell Wilson, who is not as good as Tom Brady. You have pass catchers like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, who are not on the level of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And now you have a first-year head coach coming in for his first coaching gig ever, head coaching gig ever in the National Football League. I just think it's a lot to ask. And, and, and Russell Wilson doesn't get the pass because of the money he makes. But I can't, I, it, it's like it's almost not surprising when you just take a step back and look at 
what's happening in Denver. I forget if you were the one that dropped this stat on me or not, but I thought it was really interesting. Ten new head coaches this year. The only guy that is a new head coach with a quarterback who is new to the organization is Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. Um, And so because of that, I guess you do give a little tiny bit more leeway where you can like Kirk Cousins, not like Kirk Cousins. uh, And we've seen both sides of him this year, but he was there. He knows Adam Thielen. He knows that offense, you know, the the skill guys. He knows the offensive line. Same with, uh, you you know, whoever. I'm just – Todd Bowles obviously had been in the organization with Tom Brady. Mike McDaniel is new, but Tua, Jalen Waddell have been there together. They played together for years dating back to college. So I guess in some ways, you know, you give them a little bit of wiggle room in Denver because they are so new because everybody is acclimating themselves to each other. But then again, this is the pros. This is professional football. You're paid a lot of money, and there were a lot of expectations coming in. And I think the other part about it, too, was the narrative was, the, the Broncos are a quarterback away. All the other pieces are there, mm-hmm. and so I think that's where a little bit less leeway is coming. Yeah, it's a really good point. One, one thing we also aren't talking about, and this is not meant to be disrespectful to Lovey Smith in Houston or Pete Carroll in Seattle, but if you had to handpick your first two opponents that you were to play, uh, the Texans yes. and Seahawks entering the season would, would be two of your candidates. Like You maybe would well, have thrown the Jets in there, um, maybe the Jaguars, but like that's that's who you yes. want to play, maybe the Bears at the time. Like that For the first two weeks, like we just talked about what the Bills did to the Rams and then the top seed in the AFC last year. The Broncos are sitting there at 1-1 one one with a win over the Texans by a score and the loss to Seattle. So you talk about games on on your schedule that you would love to have, they just haven't taken full advantage of it. Did get the one win, but still you would have thought that they'd be 2 and 0 at this point to start the season. Well, and that was something, you know, as we were preparing for the show, I thought about too is that this is supposed to be the easy part of the schedule. This is where it's supposed to you're supposed to work out the kinks and and maybe going 1 and 1 uh in in your first two games with a new head coach, new quarterback isn't terrible, but again, it's a tough division. Two games obviously remaining not only against against KC, but but the, the Chargers, and we'll see if the Raiders improve as well. But uh, I get it. I, I get that we probably should give them a little bit of leeway, but I'm with you, man. The, this, these are the games that you're supposed to dominate, um, and then it gets tougher from there, and they have not looked good so far. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox, and you can find Isaac on Twitter at Isaac Lowenkron. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, and uh, it's it's tough news to take. It's tough news that we expected, but uh, Bedlam is going to be no more if you ask Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and that's what Brett McMurphy did speaking to the ADs at both schools, Aaron, and uh, the uh, McMurphy of the Action Network yeah, reporting that Bedlam, that series between the Cowboys and Sooners, will end once Oklahoma leaves for the SEC. This is something that we all kind of expected. But again, you want to talk about some of the collateral damage in all of this conference movement. One of the better rivalries in college football is now going by the wayside. Yeah, it's just it's just the latest one. And, you know, obviously, I think anybody who's listened to me on these airwaves knows I'm a UConn alum. And so once UConn Syracuse and UConn left the original Big East, you know, I've been kind of numb to all of this. But I do think it's sad because, you know, I think as as college sports get more corporatized uh, here, you know, right now in the current present and future, uh, a lot of what made us love all these sports is going by the wayside. I mean, you know, 
it's great. I think Oklahoma fans are obviously happy, right? Um, but we, we joked about it at the time, but it's true. USC and UCLA fans, they don't get any of the benefit of all of the money coming into the school. Now, maybe you get a little bit of a better home schedule, maybe one or two more marquee opponents. But the bottom line is the people who are losing in all this are the fans, the people that are invested, the people that have been around forever, uh, the people that, that love the program and, and love the rivalries and, and love college sports. And so, you know, we can, and I think we will probably, go through some of the ones that have been lost through the years but this is another one and it's just a sign that college sports is is going in a direction a lot of decisions are being based based on money rather than what's best for maybe the teams and the coaches and everything yeah we may be saying bye-bye to bedlam but it's our duty here on fox sports radio to try to save some of the college football rivalries that we hold near and dear to our heart aaron torres and myself breaking down the six college football rivalries that we cannot lose. This is uh, so Bedlam is gone. We can, we we can't pick Sooners Cowboys. Uh, the, the, maybe something can happen between now and twenty twenty five, but for as we know it right now, it's going to end. So we can't save that one. Aaron and I are going to draft the college football rivalries that we want to save and make sure that we don't lose. Alternating picks. Aaron Torres, you are first on the clock. So I think there's an obvious one that has to be number one. It's Army-Navy. Yes. I mean, if we, if we lose Army-Navy, if the Army and the Navy get too corporate and political for college football to not play anymore, I don't even want to know what that world of college football looks like. So I will say that Army-Navy by far. If we get to the point where those two schools are making so much money playing weird schedules that they can't play each other, then I say we're in a bad place in college football. You know, those Michigan Wolverines got COVID two years ago and didn't play Ohio State and uh, – so they sit there and they want to use their total of number of days since Ohio State last won. Well, it would be a lot shorter if they played in 2020. Uh, that is a rivalry we cannot lose. We cannot lose the game. Ohio State-Michigan would be my pick at number two overall. All right, number three, uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise. By, but By the way, do you I, like how I just blame Michigan for getting COVID? Like, I, 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 we're far enough it. removed. I, I, I hope it was funny. I hope nobody's taking that personally. It was Remember when joke. it was like a three-day storyline of like, they must be faking it. They're afraid of <laughs> yes. Ohio State. I'm like, come on, yes. man. The guys want to play. All right, number three, uh, there's a lot of good ones still on the board. I'm going to say Oklahoma's other big rival, Oklahoma-Texas, mm. the Red River shootout. There, there's something, Dan, Texas State Fair, fried everything. Thing. Half of the crowd is burnt orange. Half of it is crimson yes. and cream. If we lose that one, uh, it's going to be, at least in one household, the Taurus household, it's going to be a sad, sad day. I've attended two of them. The first one was so good. I told my friend, I go, and she loves fairs and state fairs. I go, let's just go to the State Fair of Texas and go check out OU Texas. So we, so I went a second time. It is it is magnificent. I definitely would have taken that at number four if you didn't take them at number three. But that still leaves me with a game that I know Kirby Smart has opinions on where he wants it to be played, but I don't know how you can how you could leave Georgia-Florida in the Jacksonville game. And I was like, yeah, it's a shame. Tim Tebow never got to play, you know, in Sanford Stadium. And they never got to play in, in Gainesville at the Swamp. But still, Georgia-Florida in Jacksonville, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I guess indoor if it was indoor as well because it would be a lot of people. But the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia and Florida go off the board at number four. Uh, I think I believe Fox Sports Radio has one affiliate in Alabama, 
and they are throwing things at their radio right now that it took till number five to get to the Iron Bowl. But obviously, look, we know about the bad blood, the the history, the hate. You know, it's one of those yes. rivalries where uh, both schools are in the state. It isn't Texas. It isn't Oklahoma that shares a border. They are in the state on top of each other. I once had an Auburn fan tell me, you almost enjoy you, – you don't – you don't enjoy the win for the win. You enjoy the win so you don't have to hear from Alabama fans for another 364 days. So that's number five for me. I was thinking of that one. I just had never been to an Iron uh, Bowl. And so I'd have been to a couple of cocktail parties. So I thought to myself, geez, where, which way do I lean? I guess that doesn't back up my statement for what I'm going to take at number six. Because we saw it at the start of the year and how great was it to have it back. Sorry, USC and UCLA. Sorry, Clemson, South Carolina. Sorry, Georgia, Auburn, and other different rivalries I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on. Backyard brawl. Pitt and West Virginia lived up to everything after, mm-hmm. what, a decade of them not playing. We're going to put the backyard brawl in our top six so rivalries we can't lose, West Virginia and Pitt. Well, and that's another one where they share a border genuine hatred uh and i hope we don't lose it i know they're playing again uh here in the coming years they played this year but it is a uh it is one where they really do not like each other he's aaron torres i'm dan Bayer. this an edition of dna here on fox sports radio get aaron on twitter at aaron underscore torres you can find me on twitter at dan Bayer on fox today's show is brought to you by autozone autozone is the free services you need to help you get back on the road like they're free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. So a fan threw a water bottle at Brown's owner, Jimmy Haslam, and is now faced with three charges. Should he be given an award? That next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Aaron Torres, a DNA edition here. Wrapping things up, get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox as we are coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Isaac Lohenkron at the bottom of the hour had the story on the uh, Cleveland Browns fan that is facing the three charges for throwing the water bottle at, at Jimmy Haslam. And, and the only reason I say that that he should get an award, and I know Isaac was reading the tweets of fans who are like, "Great, Jimmy Haslam got hit by a water bottle." I am not. I am not uh, condoning violence. That is not what I'm. I'm not saying throw stuff on the on the field. What I do want to commend Aaron, though, 51 year old Jeffrey Miller, who was the guy that faces those charges and was banned from the Brown Stadium was I would have been gone as soon as Nick Chubb crossed the goal line on that touchdown that he never should have scored. I would have been out of there. I will see you guys, even if I'm a season ticket holder. All right, I'll see you guys on Thursday night for the Steelers game. Like, I am gone. I am out the stadium. I am in my car. I am taking off. Jeffrey Miller stayed for two minutes, two game-time minutes, and nothing that happened in those two minutes of game time were good for him including the heartbreaking touchdown at the end of the game or near the end of the game where the Jets happened to score, by the way, right in front of his section because that's where he was on the stadium. At least the guy stayed for the whole game (laughs) because I would have been gone once they went up two touchdowns and would have been in my car and heard it all on the radio. I at least think we need to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Are you a leave early guy? Like, do Do you ditch out? I really don't. I mean, you know, first of all, just with our job, I just don't get to as many games as I as I used to. Um, I, I remember in college when I used to go a ton. I mean, especially UConn weather, cold weather, icy roads, outdoor games, whatever. I did for the most part, though. I'm really not a leave super early kind of guy. Um, but yes, it is kind of funny that the guy was still there. You know, uh, thinking that he's gonna 
you know, serenade and coronate a victory. Uh, and then obviously we know what happened with the Jets there in the final few minutes. But uh, but I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. Is if he had just left like a lot of other Browns fans did, none of this would have happened. Jason Stewart, our executive producer, earliest you've ever left a sporting event. Okay, so um, you know the USC-UCLA game here in town, right? The Rose Bowl is unbelievably bad at parking and logistics and whatnot. Um, we spent two hours trying to get a parking spot. Then uh, UCLA, UCLA started to blow them out. It was the one year with Jim Mora where they just had their number. So at halftime, I turned to my son and I said, I've had a miserable day. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. Let's go because I'm not going to fight four hours of traffic on the way out. And we both did. He, there wasn't even an argument. So we left the UCLA-USC game at halftime. Isaac Lohenkron. Uh, and by the way, everybody's going to get concessions. Jay Stu and his son are just heading for the gates. Yeah. Ah. They, are, they, they are gone. Isaac Lohenkron, the earliest you've left a sporting event. I uh, walked out half an hour in. Oh, hang on. That wasn't a sporting event. That was Batman and Robin starring, starring George Clooney. Oh. <laughs> it was actually also a UCLA football game at the Rose Bowl because it was simply too hot. And uh, a lot of people go in their cars and they park, but there's actually shuttle buses there. Shuttle bus service. So I always take the shuttle bus. We get on the shuttle bus and across from us is a father who had taken his um, uh, baby child to the game and the guy was freaked out because the kid was as red as a strawberry. Yeah, and he was freaked idea. out that he accidentally had the kid out of the sun too long. So we we, we reassured him, you know, the kid will be fine, kid will be fine. But the, the, the parent was just freaking out. So that was certainly memorable. So it was also at the Rose Bowl. It's like it's about three miles from the 210 and about eight miles from the sun is where the Rose Bowl is located. <laughs> so, Aaron, you, you, no, yeah. no sporting events that you've left? I, I, you know, I'm trying to think now because – Heat is definitely a factor, um, and I live near the Rose Bowl, and I feel like I've probably either been to a game there or Dodger Stadium. We've all gotten those tickets to a Sunday Dodgers game, and you're all excited, and then you realize, oh, it's a 110 first pitch, and it's July 11th, and you're like, get me out of here. So I, you know, nothing's immediately coming to mind, and I'm not trying to pull the, oh, I'm right. the greatest sports fan yeah, ever. No, you are. Uh, yeah, I guess I am. Um, <laughs> uh, Why to no. get the bang for your buck? That's all right. That's all right. Did I ever tell you, by the way, really quickly, I was at the six-overtime Syracuse-UConn game, and Eric Devendorf hit what we thought was a buzzer beater to end regulation, and the guy next to me sprinted out to beat traffic and missed him. See? See why you don't leave early? John Ramos, did you leave a game early? I may have at some point. One of your uh, son's Little League games. Admitted. Yeah. <laughs> you, you thought he was playing. You told, John's you told Take him. brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm joking because John told me, Aaron, he goes, I don't know if a game, I don't know if there's a game. And then I thought he said as I was leaving the room, I have a game. Oh. Do, do, you, do you have? No, you no. Have I, I I think you it was uh, J- Jason that said I got a good oh, one. Oh, you, you got a good I one. I, I I will end it this way. I went to a Rockies-Reds game when I was moving out to California. I stopped in Denver. There was a tornado warning in Denver that day, so the game started like 30 minutes late. No Ken Griffey Jr. when he played for the Reds. All of the Rockies were out of the lineup except Clint Barmas. Like, that was the only like name that I really recognized. I left in the middle of the third inning. I wow. left in the middle of the third. I walked around Coors Field twice, and then I'm like, am I really going to sit here and watch Reds Rockies on a cold, rainy night in early June? So I was gone, middle of the third in Denver. 
That's my leaving early story. But I didn't throw any water bottles at anyone. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of DNA right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.